Welcome, everyone, to Burgess Power Hour. Here we are in July. Oh, my goodness, we are over halfway through of this of this year. And tonight, today, we're going to be really diving into being a master of our life, mastery, and how that appears in our life and how to become masters of our life and are we the master of everything that we want in our life and what does that mean and all those questions so we're going to, we have a lot to do tonight and a lot to uh, discover and play together so um, those of you who are on the call or on the recording um, just go ahead and get something to write with and I'm going to go ahead and um, mute everybody um, because as you know I love doing experiential stuff um, and I want to make sure that uh, if you're driving, you may not want to do this, but you might want to go back and listen to the recording. Uh, but if you can, I'm going to do some um, experiential stuff so that you guys can and, uh, play and discover some of the things that might be going on. And you might want to take some notes on this one because it's pretty. It's going to be pretty, pretty uh, intense tonight. And we, I just got finished doing the essence of being. And in Fort Lauderdale, and uh, coming off a high off of that one, so uh, heading, <laughs> heading into <laughs> heading into our graduate level courses um, in August. Passionate Manifestation in Atlanta and Passionate Manifestation in uh, Fort Lauderdale will be both happening in August. So, if you have not taken Essence of Being, uh, please uh, check the calendar essenceofbeing.com. And uh, check it out when the next one's coming in your state or country. Hey. And uh, if you've taken Essence of Being, then you are eligible to go to the next level, okay, toward mastery, which is passionate manifestation. So um, let me go ahead and mute everybody. And here's the thing. If you want to um, uh, say anything, ask questions, interrupt me, share anything that comes up during this call, uh, all you have to do is hit star six, and that will unmute uh, you, okay? So let me go ahead and mute everybody just so we just get rid of all the background noise. So again, if you want to say something or share something uh, that we're going to be doing tonight with our mastery project here, um, just go ahead and star six, and that will unmute uh, you. And we can hear your beautiful voices. And like I said, I just got through coming back from uh, our Fort Lauderdale location and what a powerful, powerful weekend we just had. And um, it's pretty awesome that hopefully I'm sure a lot of them are joining us tonight. And, again, go ahead and get something to write with and write on because I'm going to go through a lot of different steps to mastery. And also we're going to... Um, talk about the different levels of learning and how to have the rules of the game in our life. You know, what kind of games do we, or rules or agreements do we want to live by in order for uh, us to really master so many different things in our in our life. And uh, we'll have uh, several ways that you're going to be writing down, listing certain things that might be limiting you. As most of you know who have ever taken Essence of Being or any of my other programs, you know I like to play and I like to do a lot of subconscious belief systems. That's where I head. Um, so uh, we might find out some limiting beliefs that you might have about becoming a master. Um, or maybe I'm certain that all of us are masters in our own way right now. We all have mastered something in our lives. So that's the first thing I want to say is no matter where you're at, no matter where you're at in your life, just know that you've mastered something uh, it, even if it's just mastering walking, right? So you had to learn how to master walking so that you could walk through life. Now, some of us might feel like uh, we're crawling again at times <laughs> through the muck of the mire, or maybe sometimes we feel like we're flying. Uh, but in any event, we all have mastered some degree of things in our lives, either on a physical level or a mental level, or an emotional level, or a spiritual level. So just take a moment and just, um, if you would, take a big breath with me. (sighs) 
And let's just relax into this call that we have today together. Uh, For an hour, we're going to really focus on um, some really powerful ways of creating mastery. So the the first step, I guess, if you will, uh, or one of the biggest concepts of being a master of our own lives is, again, if you take an essence of being, you know this one by heart, hopefully, is taking responsibility for your life. So overall... If you are able to stop bitching and moaning and whining about your life, now it's okay to have feelings, okay? It's okay to have feelings and bitch, moan, and whine, but here's the thing about that. As you know, those of you who have taken the classes, it doesn't really change anything. I mean, it feels good at the time, right, to maybe um, bitch, moan, and whine, but that is what of our below-the-line behaviors, meaning that there are several behaviors that we have in our life that if we continue to behave that way, nothing really changes. And so it keeps us below the line and not above the line. So below-the-line behavior would be things like blaming other people, blaming the institutions, blaming our lot in life, you know, blaming um, anything for our position. So remember, or maybe this is the first time you've heard this, but when you blame somebody for something in your life, you're in essence saying, I'm a big victim. I had no control over that. And I there's nothing I can do to change it. So in essence, you're giving your power away to make a change. So when you blame somebody else for any, anything that's going on in your life, Right now, just notice, who am I blaming or what am I blaming? Am I blaming the government? Am I blaming uh, the boss? Am I blaming uh, my family? Am I blaming my loved ones? Am I blaming the environment? What am I blaming? So whenever you do that, it's basically saying there's nothing you can do about it, so you're stuck. So what we're what we're talking about in the context of this is how to create mastery. The first thing is being able to take responsibility for your thoughts, your beliefs, and your actions. So you really can't change other people, but you can change how you feel about you. You can, you do have control over your own thoughts. You do have control over your own actions. And you do have control over your own beliefs. So if you are making excuses, that's another behavior that's below the line. So if you're making excuses for where you are right now or where you've been, then it's justifying. And the form of justification can really keep you stuck. It can keep you limited as to rising above all those excuses and saying, you know what, nothing's going to change because of all of these things. I'm going to make an excuse about it, and, and, and guess what? I'm going to get righteous about it, too. So what that means, remember, righteous is a justification for a point of view that no longer works for you. A justification for a point of view that no longer works for you. So when we become righteous about something and saying, yeah, but I'm right, and that's and we use that as an excuse, it could keep us stuck, and it could keep us from really becoming the master of our own lives. So that, again, that's below-the-line behavior. And, of course, one of the biggest things that we do is we feel shame. If we feel ashamed of something that we've done in our life or we feel um, guilty or shameful about something, that also is the behavior that keeps us below the line. It keeps us from really um, gaining or, or being able to choose power in our life. Because if you're shaming yourself, nobody has the power, you know, anybody has the power but you. And what I mean by taking responsibility, that that's the key, that's the doorway, that's the vortex, that's the opening. And what I mean by that is your ability to respond instead of react determines the quality of your life. So you are responsible for your thoughts, your beliefs, and your actions. 
So that's the first step, really, or that's the over, overall context of how you want to hold mastery. So if you can grasp onto that concept for just a moment and say, okay, I'm willing to take responsibility for my own life. I'm willing to take responsibility for my own thoughts, my, be- my beliefs, and my actions. If you're willing to do that for just a minute, then perhaps there's a freedom in that. There's a freedom to change. So I'm going to give you very specific steps to mastery in my world and what in my world uh, there's a list of steps here that I'm going to go through, and there's seven different steps, okay? And while we're going through these seven steps to mastery, um, I wanted to make sure that you do have something to write with because in the middle of it I'm going to have you perhaps kind of dig around in there and see what are your limiting beliefs that are keeping you from being the masters of your lives, okay? So the first step, of course, remember now, taking responsibility for your life is the overall uh, context I want to hold this in, okay? So the first step is to really consistently and constantly produce results beyond and out of the ordinary. So in other words, it's a pro- mastery is a product of consistently going beyond our limits. Going beyond ordinary limits. Producing results beyond out of the ordinary. And for some people that means creating miracles. And when I speak of miracles, we speak, you know, of events or experiences in the real in the real world, which are just beyond the ordinary. So the first step again is consistently going beyond our limits, pushing ourselves outside of our comfort zone, and these limitations are self-imposed. You have to be able to give yourself permission to go outside the box, to push yourself outside the comfort zone. But, in other words, give yourself permission to go beyond ordinary limitations. Okay, so that's the first step. The second step is to commit to to excellence. Commit to excellence. If you're willing to commit yourself to excellence in a chosen field, let's say, in some kind of chosen field that you choose to really embrace and expand in, commit to excellence, to surround yourself with things that represent excellence, that represent miracles, that represent what you choose in your life, and your life will change. So if you can say to yourself, I am committed, I'm committed to becoming excellent in my chosen field, then that will help change your life. It will help shift it because no matter what, you're committed. And remember, for those of you who have taken Essence of Being, remember commitment. Commitment is a desire so intense. You're willing to do anything for the outcome as long as it doesn't hurt you or anyone else. A desire so intense, you're willing to do anything for the outcome as long as it doesn't hurt you or anyone else. So commitment can mean basically not is not letting go of your desire because so many of us let go of our desires and we, we lose our commitment level to what we really want. So in a lot of our other power calls, we, we I helped you really learn how to get clear about what it is that you want because obviously if you don't know what you want, it's hard to get commit to it, isn't it? And it's hard to become excellent at it. So commitment toward excellence, you really need to understand and know and feel and 
get clarity about what it is that you want. What chosen field are we talking about? What is it that you really want to say on your epitaph? In other words, when you're gone, what do people want to say about you? What do you want them to have you say? That they were you were really committed. You were really committed to your desires and that you made a difference. So that's the second step, is commit to excellence. The third step is to remove mediocrity in your life. Remove mediocrity. And by the way, that's how you achieve excellence. You know, it's remarkable how much mediocrity we live with. We surround ourselves with daily reminders that the average is the acceptable. So if your world suffers from terminal normality, you might want to take a moment to see how. why is that. Why is it acceptable to just live with mediocrity. Take a moment to assess all the things around you that promote you being average. So that's what I'm going to have you do right now. We're going to assess all the things around in your life that promote you being average. So I want you to get your piece of paper out and list in these particular areas. I just want you to start listing things. List people, things environments that promote you being average. So the first one is going to be, I want you to go ahead and just write down all the things you can think of in your life so far that you may have heard or that you may believe or that you may be influenced by. All the things in your education, everything that you've learned educationally, maybe your self-improvement, or your spiritual side. In other words, anything that has um, given you any kind of um, subconscious thoughts or given you any kind of influence that you're normal or that mediocrity is okay and that average is the acceptable. Think about your education. So just write down any people you can think of or experiences that you had through your education, your self-improvement that you've been working on, or anything spiritually maybe, even religious or spiritual, that maybe sticks in your mind, that promotes you being average. And if you can't think of anything, that's okay too. Like, what did you hear? When you were growing up, or even now. And the second aspect, area, see if you can jot down anything this this should probably be easy for many of us. What it, jot down anything where you heard anything around money or business in your business or a job, anything in your work environment, your business environment, your job environment, your finances. What promotes you being average? What did you hear? What did you hear about money and business? What did your bosses tell you? Did they tell you how much you can earn? Did your family tell you how much you can earn?
And then another area, just jot down anything that comes up around relationships and love. What relationships have you had in the past that promote you being average or they were just mediocre? And just being an average kind of love. Were there people in your life that limited you? You can jot down names of people or things you heard. about relationships or love. That keep you feeling less than or mediocre. What about, I hear background noise, so if you have, hit star six, if you have background noise, please. I've muted everybody, but. The next area would be family. Family. Our family. What did we hear about the world is average? or we're average in the world and we're mediocre, or that it's acceptable to be just having enough or be just enough. What did you hear from your family or still hear? And the next area would be health, your health. Take a moment to assess what's promoting me being average in my health. What am I doing with my health that's allowing me just to be mediocre about it? And then the next aspect or area of your life, what about your home environment? Where you live? What represents mediocrity where you live? Inside your home? Your environment that you live in? What is promoting you? What's there that's keeping you from living excellently. What do you have in your environment? Or not have in your environment? Is your environment cluttery or do you live with excellence? 
And then the last, anything else you can think of, any other limiting beliefs or any limiting exposure that you have, anything else you can think of that keeps you average or that promotes you or says it's okay, it's acceptable, you only have to be this much, do this much, have this much, live this much. So if you look at your list, and you can keep writing, by the way, and it might hit you later about looking at something or experiencing something and saying, you know what, I just, I'm, I'm doing just enough, or I'm being just enough, or I'm accepting just normal. And my normal doesn't feel really excellent. So these are the things on that list that keep you powerless to go beyond the limit that you arbitrarily set for yourself. So a lot of these things, if you wrote anything down from what was influenced by in the past, you know, that could be their own limiting beliefs. And maybe you're still allowing their words and their thoughts and their beliefs to influence you. Or maybe it's all you. So these things that you wrote down could keep you powerless to go beyond a limit that you're arbitrarily setting for yourself. So the first step in this whole releasing of mediocrity is to remove everything in your environment that represents that. Remove people and things and places and everything about your life that just represents mediocrity. Remove those things that are limiting. Clean up your space. That's easy to say, not easy to do necessarily, physically. Okay. That's a limiting belief, and that's been your evidence. So I understand that. (laughs) I understand that. That's certainly been your evidence. So create new evidence. And all I'm asking all of us to do is be willing to be willing. I know that at times it feels really hard, and that in itself is a belief. And it certainly feels real. But it also keeps us stuck in that story. So one way to do this is to surround yourself with friends and people who ask more of you than you do. Surround yourself with people who can ask more of you than you do. Because just think about it. Don't you see people in your life that you you see so much greatness in them and they don't? You see so much excellence in them and um, inspiration and they don't? Well, you, you may have the same thing where you're not asking yourself to step up as much as somebody else might. I mean, didn't some of our best teachers or our coaches or our parents or somebody in our life, our mentors, don't they ask us to just to step out of our limiting beliefs and ask more of ourselves than we might ourselves? So one way to help you move from being average and mediocre and being accepting of all of that and at the same time letting go of desire is surround yourself with people who won't do that for you. Don't surround yourself with people that commiserate with you and agree with you that things are awful 
and there's nothing you can do about it. So, again, that's the third step. The third step is to let go of the mediocrity that we all accept sometimes in our life, to keep ourselves average, to not becoming a master. And the fourth step is remove our resentment toward masters. Remove our resentment toward masters. Instead of comparing yourself with a master or thinking you're less than by being around someone who is successful or mastering something that you really want to master, remove that resentment. You know, they talk about uh, it's lonely at the top or when you're at the top of your game, you become a target. Because a lot of people look at you and, and it brings up all kinds of stuff within them and they project onto the master. And they say, well, and they make up all kinds of things to make themselves feel better about it because they resent it. They resent that person. How come they made it and I didn't? Let me see if I can find anything at fault and start having them be a target so I can feel better about myself. So letting go of resentment of masters will only allow you to step into your own mastery. Because one of the things of becoming a master of your own life is to seek out other masters who have been successful or who are successful in whatever you're thinking about, whether it's love or money or whatever it is. Find a master and apprentice with them or find out how did they do it. But you have to be able to let go of your own ego enough and let go of the resentment that they're there and you're not in order for you to really learn. So the fifth level, though, or the fifth step, rather, is while you're doing this, while you're letting go of the resentment toward masters and letting go of the ego that can keep you limited, is develop compassion for yourself. Have self-compassion so that you can be in the presence of masters and grow from that experience rather than comparing yourself and resenting people who have mastery. And in order to do that, you have to really have compassion for yourself. It's the not getting it that takes the time. Because once you get it, you get it. So give yourself a break. Cut yourself some slack. Give yourself some, some love and a little bit of compassion. And stop beating yourself up so much. Because if you beat yourself up, it only creates more pain and it creates guilt. And remember, guilt demands punishment. And if you're vibrating guilty, then you're going to bring punishment to you, either by self-sabotaging or creating something else in your life to punish you. But it's because you are vibrating guilt and you're not allowing yourself, giving yourself that compassion that you would maybe other people. So all this comparing and presenting people who have mastery, one way to help you let go of that is really just have compassion for yourself. There's always going to be somebody in the world that's in a different level than you are, and some people will have more than you and some people will have less than you. And some people will be stepping into their mastery more and some will be stepping into their mastery less. So stop comparing yourself. And that sixth step is being open and receptive. 
being open and receptive, being a learner, not a knower. Let the experience be like the planting of a seed within you. Whatever experience you're having with masters or whatever you're learning, let it be a planting of a seed within you. That that nourishment will grow into your own individual mastery. So on that particular step, there are many, many levels, okay, of learning. So if you can be open and receptive and be compassionate with yourself while you're learning, this is awesome. So let me just give you uh, the levels of learning, and then I'll continue the steps of mastery. So the levels of learning and allowing yourself to be open and receptive and having compassion for yourself as you're learning, the levels are the first level is blind. You don't have any. You're blind to the phenomenon of learning. In other words, you don't know what you don't know. You're just blind to all things. You, it's it's uh, what we call a hidden F. It's something in your life that you're not, you can't even see. It's a, a blind spot. And then one day you have some kind of a knowing or um, you go to a, you read a book or you take a workshop and then all of a sudden or you start working with someone and you start noticing then you become a novice. That's the next step, becoming a novice at whatever it is that you're wanting to, to become. So you're the beginner. You're overloaded with rules and new procedures, and that's okay. These are all levels that we all go through in our quest for being a master. So we're a novice at times. And that lacks autonomy. In other words, we need support and help. We're beginners, a novice. The next level is the advanced beginner. Now here is where we gain some autonomy with a little bit of practice, but we still need coaching. So if you think about anything in your life that you learn, first you don't know what you don't know, then you start becoming, you learn from someone and you're the beginner and all these rules and new procedures and things you're learning and then you become an advanced beginner because now you start practicing what you've learned just like if you have a new job you start practicing but you still need coaching and training and then the next level is being competent so being competent means you can perform to minimum standards You can produce results and produce satisfaction in whatever field you're in with autonomy. You're competent. Yay. But then another level to reach after being competent is being proficient. And that exceeds the standards. That exceeds minimum standards with autonomy. And your intuition plays a key role. So being proficient at something means you go beyond. You exceed the standard, the minimum standard, without anybody coaching you. And you use and utilize your intuition. And that produces even more results or easier results. And then the last level of learning is mastery. So the master embodies that learning, owns it, operates on an embodiment of learning and intuition. You can almost rewrite your history. And you are an innovator. In other words, when you get to be a master at whatever field you're focusing on, whatever that is, whatever aspect, whatever area, then you can start to innovate and be spontaneous because you own it. You've learned, you're in um, ownership, embodying the knowledge. So again, those levels of learning are blind, 
novice, advanced beginner, competent, proficient, and then mastery. And so the challenge is really shifting your identity from being a knower to a learner. And if you could allow yourself, give yourself enough compassion, be open and receptive, letting go of the ego enough, then those are the levels that you go through. Now, all of us are probably in all these levels somewhere in our lives, some aspect. We might be a master in our health, but maybe we're just an advanced beginner in our finances. Or maybe we're really proficient in relationships, but we're a novice at our chosen field that we want to be a teacher or whatever that is. So you can be all of these things based on different aspects of your life. But I wanted to give you the different levels and to give you that option of saying, you know what, I want to be an unconscious competent. And an unconscious competent is someone who owns their own belief systems and owns their responsibility and owns the knowledge and operates from that and they don't even have to try or consciously choose to create something. It just happens. Things just flow. You're just in the flow. And I know all of us have been in the flow at some point and that is the level of consciousness is the unconscious competent. And that is true mastery. You don't even have to try because you're living it. And then the last step of mastery, remember the first step is going beyond ordinary limits, creating miracles. The second step is committing to excellence. The third step is being compassionate with yourself. I'm sorry, removing mediocrity. That's your third step. Removing mediocrity. The fourth step is resentment towards the masters, letting go of the resentment. Five is having compassion with yourself. Six is being open and receptive to learning. And seven, which I think is probably one of the most important parts of this whole thing is correcting yourself without invalidating yourself. Correcting without invalidating. So a master, rather than condemning himself or herself, for learning or being, quote, ordinary at the moment, will embrace it and use it as a foundation for building the extraordinary rather than using it as an excuse for inactivity. A master will use it as a vehicle for correcting, which is essential in the process of attaining mastery. You must be able to correct yourself without invalidating or condemning yourself. Correct, don't protect. Make course corrections instead of beating yourself up every time you make a mistake. Correct, don't protect. It's just a course correction. Those of you who have taken Essence of Being, you know the story of the moon and the earth. That spaceship was on course maybe 2% of the time. It was going off course, on course, off course, on course. It was correcting as it was moving toward its goal. It wasn't beating itself up along the way. And so many of us do that. We invalidate ourselves. Oh, I screwed up. Damn it. So we start beating ourselves up. I should have known. Instead of looking at it going, wow, that was a learning experience. <laughs> I'm going to correct that this next time. I'm going to self-correct. 
not self-condemn. And that is that is being an extraordinary uh, master of your life, is to look at all the things that you're going through and just keep correcting, keep correcting. If you fall down, you get back up. If you're learning how to walk, you get back up. And you keep moving. As long as you're moving, you can keep correcting. If you stand still, you can't correct. And if you stand still... You don't have an effect in the world. And as long as you're moving and adding value along the way, then the effect in the world that you have will add value. So those are the steps, seven steps of mastery. And take that list that you have and just notice where can I correct. Where can I correct in all of this? How can I find a master, let go of the resentment of being a master, remove this mediocrity, have compassion for myself, be open and receptive to learning, commit to excellence, go beyond ordinary limitations, and correct without invalidating? Where can I do that in my life? So I'm going to give you a couple of things you can do, the rules of the game, as I call them, of mastery. Be willing to support your vision. Be willing to support your vision and principles. Know your values so that you can support your mission here, to support your vision here, to support your own principles. Speak with good purpose. If it doesn't help someone, don't say it. If you're going to gossip about somebody, don't it doesn't really make it doesn't really help anybody when you do that. So speak with good purpose. These are rules of the game to live by if you want to become a master and maintain that as much as possible. So be willing to support your own principles and vision and your mission and speak with good purpose. Be open and honest in your communications with each other. Be open and honest in your communications with each other. And what if somebody won't respond when you're trying to be totally open and honest? Well, when you're being open and honest with someone, you're sharing from your, you're not, here's, here's the difference. It doesn't matter what they say or do. What matters is that you are being open and honest. If you're, if you're trying to change someone else to be open and honest, that's not going to work. All you can do is demonstrate what does an open and honest person do. If I want to have an open and honest communication with someone, all I can do is demonstrate what it looks like. And they choose whether or not they're going to play. You cannot make them do that. So... If they are not willing to be open and honest with you, then those are the kind of, what I'm saying is keeping those types of people that are keeping you from your own excellence or you're allowing them to, if it's affecting you in any way, you are not in their presence. You cannot change another person. You can only change your beliefs and your thoughts and your actions and your communications. Yeah, sometimes it's a little bit beyond that. Okay. Again, like, that's your that's your evidence, right? Like anybody want some cats? <laughs> well, I have a beautiful cat family. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> okay, hon. Well, put it out yeah. on Facebook. Put it out on Facebook and get. Support. I've done it before and I've gotten no response. Seriously. So same you, cats keep trying okay. to tr- find a home. I don't want to break them up. It's a family. Okay, so do you do you just quit, or are you going to do a try until you until it happens? Oh, I was just hoping that um, their owner would come to their senses. And well, that's <laughs> you know, like all of a sudden grow up. Well, but I guess that's not going to happen. 
Well, you can't um, be attached to it happening one way or another because if you start becoming attached to another person and another person's behavior, then that can also limit you and affect you. So my, my response would be to let go of the attachment of whether or not that person is going to change or not. What you can well, I, I did on. pretty good because guess what? I have a roommate moving in next week. Awesome. <laughs> See, focus See? on that. Which, yep. by the way, that's one of my list here. So uh, let me finish with the rules of the game. That's one of them: is focus on what works. Focus on what's working in your life. So that's a huge rule of the game of mastery: is focus on what's working. Complete your agreements. That's another one. Make only agreements that you're willing and intend to keep. So if you really want to have mastery in your life, make only agreements that you are willing and intend to keep. And that also helps with trust, by the way. If there has been trust broken, one way for you to regain trust is to make little agreements and keep them. Because that helps build upon the trust level. So if you have trust broken anywhere in your life, make little agreements that you are willing and intend to keep and keep them. Now here's the other thing. If for some reason you have to uh, break an agreement, clear that up. Clear that up with with the appropriate person immediately. In other words, you just renegotiate. Don't go away and slink and hide and not say anything and walk away in shame and all of that. So if you can clear if you have an agreement with someone and you've broken the agreement, they have to be the person you talk to immediately and say, I broke the agreement and I would like to renegotiate. And on that, about completing your agreements, remember, don't commit others unless there is already an agreement. So we do this, I know I do this a lot with my husband. I commit uh, him (laughs) for things without really having an agreement with him. So just be mindful of how you play with your agreements. To take responsibility for your agreements and yourself. So another rule of the game of mastery is if a problem comes up, look at the system first, not the people, and then make the correction. In other words, most failures are system failures. They're not people failures. 94% of failures in any kind of environment is typically because of a system breakdown, not a person. So look at the system. How did I set this up? How do we create a system where we can all win? How do we create a system where everybody feels heard? And make that correction. Because usually it's not the people. We set people up to fail. In relationships, in business, in a lot of environments. So if a problem arises, look to the system first. And then another rule of the game of mastery is just to commit to add value. That commitment toward excellence that we were talking about, commit to adding value. As long as I know I'm adding value, I know that my effect in the world will add value. And you can define adding value as doing more with less, if you would like. I'm doing more with less. I'm doing more uh, supporting people with less pain. I'm adding value by uh, creating a system that makes it easier for everyone. But commit to add value. Making a difference in the world. Another rule could be have a willingness to win and allow others to win. So 
be willing to win and allow others to win. That creates the win-win. Another rule of the game of mastery is don't shoot the messenger. So if you have someone that's giving you feedback, don't beat yourself up about it. Don't shoot the messenger and jump all over their case. They're basically just giving you some feedback about how you're showing up. So don't shoot the messenger and make it their problem. And another rule of the game of mastery is to remember to raise the flag when you're overloaded. So if you're really overloaded and you just can't take on anymore, raise the flag and say, stop, you know, I stop, I'm full now. I cannot take on any more than I'm taking on right now. And one of my favorite rules of the game of mastery is maintain a sense of humor. Which, again, is very uh, part of my life is maintaining a sense of humor. That's why I love to laugh and make people laugh. Because humor is a very high level of communication as long as you're not being sarcastic. And then. <laughs> and what? Then. And dance, yes. <laughs> so if we can maintain a sense of humor and dance, right, the rules of the game of mastery can be a lot easier. So just to give you a summary of all of those rules or agreements of the game of mastery, is just be willing. Be willing to support your mission, vision, and principles. Speak with good purpose. Be open and honest in your communications with each other. Complete your agreements, which means make only agreements that you're willing and intend to keep. Clear up any broken agreements with the appropriate person and renegotiate. Don't commit others unless there's already an agreement. If a problem arises, look at the system first, not the people. Commit to add value. Have a willingness to win and allow others to win. Focus on what works. If you get feedback, don't shoot the messenger. Just look at the message. And remember to raise the flag when you're overloaded. Don't take on more than you can. And maintain a sense of humor. And so we had a lot of humor this past weekend in Essence of Being, so I can hopefully most of you will continue that and become masters of your life. Remember, the overall principle of this is just taking responsibility to stop BMW, bitch, moaning, and whining. Use those seven steps I gave you of mastery. Learn the levels of learning. Allow yourself to be a learner, not a knower. And align with masters. Align with them. Learn from them. And so, if any of you have taken Essence of Being and if you have not taken Passionate Manifestation, we are having the only two Passionate Manifestation graduate level classes coming up in August in Atlanta, August 4th through the 6th and August 25th through the 27th in Fort Lauderdale. And I encourage all of you to go to the next level because we we start where we left off at the essence of being. So I encourage all of you to, and if you have taken it, come and staff it for us because there's nothing like staffing passionate. It's one of my favorite, if not the favorite thing that we offer that I teach. It's pretty phenomenal. The next Essence of Being, those of you who have not taken it, is in October. We're skipping September because I'll be going out of the country. But October, we're having it uh, in Florida the 20th through the 22nd and Atlanta the 27th through the 29th in October. And if you'd like to come to the Unconference with Women's Prosperity Network, I'll be speaking there October 13th through the 15th and would love to see you at that Unconference, which is pretty phenomenal. 
And if any of you want to become masters with me in Ecuador and the Galapagos Islands, come with me in November. I'll be um, inviting anyone that uh, has a message that they want to share to the world to be filmed in a film that I'm doing and a webisode series that I'm uh, involved with that will be filmed in five different countries. So if you're interested in sharing your message to the world and making a difference in that way, come play with me in Ecuador and the Galapagos Islands in November. So you can email me, burge at essenceofbeing.com, B-U-R-G-E at essenceofbeing.com. And bless you, the next power call that we're doing is going to be in August, August 16th. Remember, it's the third Wednesday of every month. And guess what we're going to talk about then? Integrity is the essence of success. So it's going to be all about integrity. August 16th, integrity is the essence of success. And I'll be giving you an integrity checklist. So you can start checking off your integrity list. So I'm going to go ahead and unmute everybody. And I hope I hope it added value for you guys this hour. Did everybody get something out of it? Yes. 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 Absolutely. Very helpful. Thank you. Most yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I love hearing all your voices. Thank you so much. And can I share a miracle? Can I share a miracle? Sh- sure. Share one real quick. Absolutely. My, my name is miracle. my name is my name is John Ann. I'm calling from Portland, Oregon. Uh, Donna Renesesper uh, uh, referred me to you. I called, and, and she told me it was, the call was yesterday. So I called in yesterday, and Miracle, there was a wonderful, wonderful woman named Tita on the phone. She and I ended up talking for an hour, and she had all the kinds of interests and credentials something I was very excited about that I wanted to put a group together, which is how do you take this work into the the global um, political marketplace, starting with our own country and the health care um, issue, because I think, you know, the lack of being able to do this kind of work as part of the normal dealing process and choose what our insurance pays for. So anyhow, it was an extraordinary miracle, and today's call has been so helpful. And I knew, and thank you very much. Thank you, Donna, for referring me. You're welcome. You're welcome. And I'm so uh, hopefully that at some point we'll be playing together with Essence of Being and we can really pursue that together and create mastery and adding value on this planet, my friend. So thank, thank you, you thank for you. sharing. Yes. Miracles this do what, happen. This is Audrey. I'd like to share something that I promised in my mastery class. I'll be very brief. If anybody is on the call that was in my mastery class, you may remember I said I was going to complete the book, Raising Race Consciousness, Healing Racism, Sexism, and Other Isms. That book will be released as a PDF within a few weeks. Woohoo! So Yay! Yay! Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And it comes Wonderful. with a certificate of commendation as to why it's a PDF. And it, I'm practically giving it away, $7.17, my birthday. And <laughs> that was someone else's suggestion, not mine. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'm going to ask if you're into doing prayer. My Uncle Lou passed away yesterday at the age of 107. Oh, so my God. How exciting. I know. His name is Lou Stone. to send blessings and, and just blessings. So thank you very was much. A, thank you all. Was it a great, loving transition? Was it an easy transition for him? Were you there? I didn't say, I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. Was it an easy transition for him when he finally decided it was time to move on? Well, I knew a few weeks ago he wasn't sounding right. I was not there at the time, and his caretaker told mm-hmm. me, I'm sorry to say, the last two weeks were a challenge, but I saw him a month ago when we celebrated his birthday. And I'm pleased 
saying, my sister and I gave him gifts he totally loved. So I'm thrilled. Oh, wonderful for you. I gave him art. What else would I give him? I gave him art. Being able to live that long and to add so much value is really powerful. So thank you and congratulations, honey. I really really, uh, admire you for continuing your journey and demonstrating to us what a true master can be. Thank you, John. Always. So for all of you, Birch, great call, class. Thank you so much. It was welcome. a wonderful Thank class. Thank you. Yes, it was a really great yeah. class. Great. Wonderful. You're welcome. And I hope to Thank see you, all of you in uh, August. And I certainly, hopefully, I'll hear all of you in the power call for next month. But and until then, remember what you focus on expands. And we'll just say, uh, even though we let go, we never really disconnect. So we'll just say, mm-hmm. until next time, everybody. Until next time. Thank you, Bird. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. 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 Smile and wave. Bye. Buenos noches. Great call tonight. Bye. Thanks, Bird. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. You're welcome, everyone.